Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Um, I have Garen Gazelle, as I said. He's the country manager at the Movember Foundation and also the chief executive and founder of the Men's Foundation. Garen, welcome back. How are you? Hello, Nikki. I kind of feel that, uh, you know, every time there's a moustache that appears on my upper lip, it's, it's time for us to have a conversation. <laughs> Me too. That's yeah. the that's the link. That's the link. Moustache, Garen. So yeah. how's your moustache looking? It's uh, it's coming along. It's coming along. Uh, you know, it. I kind of go through my my seasons with with moustaches as well. You know, this is this is moustache season now. You know, they start to sprout across the upper lips of, in South Africa and, and across the globe with the twenty one countries November's operating in. But yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think to your point earlier you, with masks, we definitely don't get to to see as many of them as what we used to, um, at least out in public. But I think it's also given men the excuse to be able to grow those that feel vertically challenged to be able to grow a moustache down during the time. And, you know, when they're sitting in the webinars or sitting on Skype and, you know, having those meetings remotely, it's a good time to start the conversation around men's health and particularly around mental health issues now with with dealing with the, the challenges that that uh, the pandemic has created with with uh, with the lockdown and isolation and and, you know, and all the other kinds of uh, impacts that that the financial uh, losses with, with job losses and those types of things that, have, that has been a result. Sure. I mean, we've spoken before. I mean, as I said, you know, we talk about prostate cancer and testicular cancer because we know November we highlight that. But also we've spoken a lot about, as you, as you've mentioned, mental health issues. And just before you, I had a guest, uh, Dean, um, Fabian Fritz, who is, works for within the healthcare industry and he goes and he helps people and he assists pharmacies and he's got a great mindset and he was diagnosed with a quite an aggressive, um, leukemia. And he talks about when he was diagnosed, looking at his wife's face and seeing the tears um, on her cheeks. And he and he uses the words, it broke me. Um, and we spoke about that. We spoke about how difficult it is to be the strong man to then all of a sudden be vulnerable um, to allow others to look after you. Um, so that's what we're talking to, um, Garen. We really, I'd really like to highlight this, as, as would you. Let's look at some of the figures. Let's look at the fact that... Um, um, South African men, you're looking at 18 deaths per day, and I'm not talking about from illness. We're talking about because of mental health, and we're talking about suicide. Are those are those figures correct? Those are sadly correct figures. You know, South Africa has has the title of uh, of having the eighth highest suicide rate in the world. Uh, globally, we know that one man dies. Um, it, well, I think there's one man dying every 80 minutes in in uh, in the rest of the world. Um, so. <laughs> You, you know, it gives you an idea of of the rate of suicide, and, and it's and it certainly comes down to the fact that firstly, you know, the vulnerability that you mentioned earlier. We as men struggle with 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 facing vulnerability, and we need to start having a shift. In firstly, in terms of the stigma that's associated with uh, with with mental health, um, you know, that we need to start getting men to realise that it's okay to not be okay, and that it's only starting with a conversation to reach out. Um, you know, there, there are the figures that, that 70% of men feel that they're there to support their, their, their peers and their friends if they needed the help. But, you know, there's a low percentage of 38% of, uh, 38 or 48% of men 
only feel that they could reach out to seek that help. So it just shows you that the vast difference in terms of us being available for other people, but not being able to reach out to seek that help. And we need to get men to start identifying with the fact that vulnerability is actually a sign of strength, that you can feel vulnerable to be able to reach out and say, look, um, you know, I need to become a man of more words. I need to be able to, to vocalize that I don't feel great. You know, there's something that, that doesn't, that doesn't, does, doesn't resonate. And, you know, and I think it speaks to the fact that we, we are dealing with the, the higher rates of suicide in, in the country. Four, four out of every five suicides in the country are, are at the hands of men, sadly. Sure. And as you pointed out, with COVID, with uh, people, you know, the lockdown in the beginning, and of course the impact on on finances, emotional, the anxiety levels, um, being ill, losing people we love. I mean, that's going to exacerbate um, everything. And you know, um, Garen, people are highlighting. I mean, we look at the Me Too movement. We look at these wonderful um, movements. These women are marching, and and we see changes happening. And I can't help but think that it, it this must be a very challenging time for men because I look at young men and they've kind of inherited this history of being the wrongdoer, right? It's like, um, you, you know, how, how do we teach our young men to be okay with this kind of stigma? Because that's what it is. I think we've all got to move forward, be okay with it um, and, and also have a voice and also have a movement and also um, be able to be supported. I'm so glad you mentioned it, Nikki, because yes, you know, you look at, uh, you look at, at how women have been organizing and been collaborating and been collecting, you know, the, the, not only the feminism movement, you look at, uh, you know, the, the revolutionary struggle, you know, with the role that women have played, you know, in, in our democracy. But the Me Too movement, incidentally, what, what brought the success to Me Too was, you know, social media that in 2017, you know, women suffering in isolation and women suffering in silence, social media gave women the voice to be able to identify and they realized that they weren't alone in their struggle with being sexually discriminated against and all the other nasty things that came out of that. But also as men, we never started to have to face with the fact that we emotionally hadn't evolved, you know, and, and we as men also now need to start being not only accountable to ourselves, but to our peers, you know, and, and the theory of, you know, toxic masculinity is really what, what's the enemy here. And we need to start, you know, part of getting men to look at their health in a different way and looking at their mental health in a different way is also looking at how they're accountable and being able to hold their peers accountable. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's, you know, the, the, the traditional way of, Treating women the way that we, that they used to, or we used to in the past of wolf whistling or treating women like that, you know, it's, it's, it's not okay. You know, we need to start the modern gentleman, which we advocate through the Movember campaign. And it's the last rule of Movember is about holding yourself as a gentleman, as a true gentleman. And what's, and what defines a modern gentleman? Well, it's what, it's, it's a man that's accountable to himself and accountable to those that's, that's around him. And I think there's, there's a bigger piece with what we, what we aiming to achieve through the Men's Foundation. You know, we're, we're a, we're an evergreen campaign, even though November's our, our primary month where we have, we have the loudest voice given the moustaches as the, as the, the banner that, that men adorn across their upper lips to, to promote the, the, the messaging of mental, of men's health and mental health. But, you know, we as men need to start, start organizing. We need to start becoming better at who we are. And I see, 
brands that are investing into that as well. And if I can mention Gillette, for example, you know, they've changed the positioning from being the best a man can be to being, sorry, to be from being a best a man can get to being a best a man can be. Mm. There's a need for us to, 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 you know, when we're accountable to ourselves for our health, we stop being accountable to, to our families, to our loved ones, because, you know, the seven year, uh, life expectancy difference between age and between men and women has got a massive, massive, not only financial impact, but an emotive impact on, uh, on, on those loved ones around us. So there's so many reasons for us to take up the charge and start, you know, taking our head out of the sand and start to acknowledging, you know, our mortality and starting to look at our health in a different way, starting to look at our mental health in a different way and simply starting a conversation. Well, and while you while you were saying all of that, Garen, I couldn't help but think to myself, you know, is it something that you do separately um, as men and as women? Um, and I think to have the voice and to get a strong message across, one has to. One has to have the strong movement, as you've said, and it's very powerful, and social media certainly um, has played a very positive role in that. Um, and I wonder if in between there can be a space where men and women come together and learn one another's language, um, because to Evolve independently is very important, but to evolve together, I think, is most important. Um, because, as I mentioned, the young man today—they're they, different. They have to navigate a new world. The new young woman has to navigate a new world. Um, and the best, the win-win for everyone, would be if they could navigate it together. As I said, find their way of connecting and, and in a new way, get rid of the shackles of the past. Of you, you talk about the toxic masculinity. Um, Getting rid of those shackles and having a whole new way of being a man and a woman in the world today. And I suppose that that's what you are, you know, the, the, the men's foundation. That's what you're tackling all the time. So the question is what way forward? As you've said, it's evergreen. You're trying to look at it all the time. Um, and certainly focus on that. We're, we're going to take a quick break, um, Garen, but after the break, maybe we can just quickly address that and how people can get involved in the Men's Foundation and, and how you're going to look at that moving forward. So please stay with us. Quick break. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Talking Movember, um, growing a moustache during the month of November. It's not just men looking at facial hair, but it's a whole lot more. A very strong message, a very important message we're talking about. Um, I have Garen Gazelle, who is the country manager at the Movember Foundation and also chief executive and founder of the Men's Foundation, shining the spotlight on men's health, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and very importantly, um, looking at mental health. So one quick before we go, Garen, I asked a whole lot of questions before the break, but really just saying, how do we get a common uh, dialogue happening, men and women? And are you within the Men's Foundation? Do you have a plan moving forward with this? We certainly do, Nikki. And, uh, you know, the conversations that we generated during November, particularly around the space of mental health and men dealing with aggression, uh, was, was often... The, the conversation we had preceding going into 60 days of activism, which, which actually coincides with November. So we realized that there was a, a very important space that we needed to, to play in because, you know, getting men to have those shoulder to shoulder conversations and to be accountable to themselves and to, and to, to their peers was a very big part of the conversation that needs to happen around gender-based violence and the deeper societal piece that we, that you were talking about, about gender equality with boys and girls even being taught that even though 
they're, they're, they're different, they're equal, you know, and there's, then, and, and this is the, 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 the kind of, you know, it's, it's been perpetuated and the cycle's been repeated continually because from boys, you know, no boy is born a misogynist or a, or a rapist or an abuser. It's, it's obviously what's being taught or what he's witnessed that's been leading to that. And we've realized that, you know, outside of the November campaign, with our Father's Day initiative, with uh, the conversations that we had around Father's Day and the research that we've done that proves how the the, the mental impact of, of men becoming fathers for the first time, what that has in, on them. And, you know, we look at that, what the, the landscape in South Africa holds and over 65% of, of, uh, of households in South Africa being single-parent households, there is a deeper issue that we need to address. And and uh, father figures doesn't need to be biological fathers, but just other men that are stepping up to the fore and leading boys in a positive way, in a positive manner. So, you know, when we look at, at that and the, the fact that government has taken the stance for stricter and harsher sentencing for perpetrators of gender-based violence, and also with the engagement that we've done with corporates that men within the organizations have said that, you know, the only thing that we lack is the toolkits and the knowledge of how to become men of more words is, is the space that we, that we're investing into, you know. So beyond November, there's a deeper piece that we're doing. Um, we realized that through a research and, a, and an existing program that's running New Zealand where there's a home for men of perp- that are perpetrators of gender-based violence, that they are rehabilitated and being able to go back to their families you know, it's one of the programs that we're looking to seek funding of as a pilot program. It's proven to be very successful in New Zealand that the government has, has adopted it to become a national program, which initially started as one home, then it expanded to two. Um, so this is the this is the deeper piece that we're looking at collaborating with with other organisations that are playing in the space for us to get men to become better at who they are. Um, to teach boys the right way that they need to be taught and, and how do we do this within organizations, you know, with, whether it's, uh, whether it's from an organization that, that works with, with men that, that's, that from all the spectrums of life, you know, and, and, and this is where community leaders play an important role and the church plays an important role and, you know, and, and this is where we're going to break down these barriers and it all starts at the conversation. And once we influence, once we influence the community very much like November started, you know, it started in a bar in Fitzroy in Melbourne and it expanded to the community that was there, it expanded to New Zealand and it soon became a global phenomenon. We see the same thing happening here with this by adopting this conversation within the corporate communities within communities itself and expanding on that. And, you know, there's exciting. Garen, I'm going to have to end it there. I'm, I'm so sorry. We, we've run out of time, but uh, I think it sounds so exciting and I'm going to be watching you guys very closely. And, uh, and uh, I, I wish you all the luck with all of these fantastic initiatives. Thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate you coming onto the show today. Yeah, Nikki, we'll chat soon.